This podcast covers all things health, your body, your brain, and your well-being. Each week, we'll be joined by doctors, as well as the occasional guest, to talk about the health topics that mean the most to you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. So it came, it's, it's, we've come to several um, points in our, uh, in our attempt to uh, stop the downward spiral of chronic pain, reverse the chronic pain, and, and, and we get pretty consistently successful results. Our, our failures are far and few between. And they seem to come from one geographic area, but I don't get into that. <laughs> A very stressed area, I might add. And so, um, so anyway, so we've had a, a so we've had a, a, a kind of an ongoing trial for years and uh, of what works and what doesn't work. And everybody's heard about leaky gut, and everybody knows about vitamin D, and everybody knows about Hashimoto's and all these types of things. That when we were talking about them in the initial, I mean, we were getting clobbered by people. Ah, that's stupid and all this type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Along the way, there were several breakthroughs. Understanding that autoimmunity was a big part of chronic pain. Uh, uh, probably 80% of the time, maybe more, uh, was one of them. Uh, and, not, and, in, in, and I think as we were going along, we realized our patients were stressed. But we would actually, when we first got together, we would actually say, okay, on this patient, it, they're really stressed, so we should do like just the brain and not do the functional uh, uh, chemistry mm-hmm. and, and not worry about the gut. And, not, and, and these people will just do the gut and not worry about it because they don't seem to be quite as stressed. And, and one of our big breakthroughs was to realize that most of our people were n- not just stressed, that they were actually in kind of a chronic fight, flight, or post-traumatic stress syndrome. And it's amazing when I bring this to people in the consults, uh, it's amazing how many people acknowledge it and, and literally stop me in the middle of my explanation and go, uh, that's me. And, and they hadn't, and hadn't really given a thought to the fact that they were in a chronic stress response. And these people, are, of course, are here because they're trying to figure out what's causing their, um, their chronic pain. And one of the things that is almost always there in our patient population is these chronic fight-flight responses and autoimmunity. So how do they relate? Is one causing the other? Mm-hmm. Uh, is, I, I think there's a nuance here also of, of it causing in certain conditions, um, or maybe more than certain conditions, uh, uh, um, autoimmune responses that then set off other immune responses and things that, or trigger also. I think for me, sometimes the confusing, that's not confusing, but for me to explain sometimes for patients that, well, yeah, stress triggered it, but, but, it, also, but it was also that 
you've been stressed since you were three years old mm -hmm. and, and things of that nature. So those are some of the things that I hear mm -hmm. uh, in, in the intakes. And, and, and so I don't know if, if, if as we do, uh, spoiler alert, alert uh, stress mm -hmm. <laughs> causes at least a lot of autoimmune responses. And so, so these are some of the things that I hear and, and, and have, to, have to kind of wrestle with explaining to the patient and so, um, so stress, stress hormones. Oh my God, just the stress response itself and understanding it was for me, was an enormous breakthrough. It just, it, it was just like, okay, take that whole stress response, put it here and then find out what's going on just from that. And then look into all the other stuff. So stress and trauma, do they cause autoimmune disease? And the answer is New research is saying yes. It's yeah. pointing in that direction. Yeah. So new research is saying what we've seen for a while now. Yeah, because first the research had to be done on the gut. It had to be done relative to leaky gut, food intolerances, microbiome. That's all the bacteria in your gut, and how we can get dramatic shifts in the microbiome with changing diet or using things like probiotics or fecal microbial transplants. All that research had to be done first for us to say, "Wow, the gut is really important." And that research is continuing. Probably we're just at the tip of the iceberg on that research. We're finding how the gut connects to so many different neurodegenerative diseases, autoimmune diseases, metabolic diseases like diabetes. You can go back and watch all of our broadcasts on that. And uh, I just don't think we need to go into leaky gut right now. I think most of you get that. But then the question becomes, like Dr. Rutherford said, we just saw patient after patient who would maybe go through a metabolic program and then they would go through major life stressor and all of their symptoms would come back and they would fall apart. And so that's where we really said the brain is the main thing we need to focus on because it's the stress response that so many of us are in or have been or been in our entire lives that is the perpetuating factor of just functional physiology, if you want to say it that way. And, and to interrupt, <clears throat> for those of you who are out there screaming, yes, yes, you can't fix anything and fix the adrenals and those are the adrenal glands. This is different than that. Yeah, it is different. This is a different target. This is, it's, it's the adrenal glands are being told by the brain to put out stress hormones. But maybe as you go on, mm -hmm. maybe you can kind of like delineate. Yeah, just understanding the stress response in general. So we're Which, meant to be stressed for 20 minutes. You see a bear, the hair raises on the back of your neck, you either fight that bear for your life or you run or you run and then you play dead or something like that. You get right. the point. Uh, that's the fight fight response. It primes us to exert much greater uh, muscular contractions for longer periods of time. More oxygen comes into our lung, we, lungs. We get blood sugar out of our liver for our muscles to contract longer and harder. All these different things. And we take blood flow away from the gastrointestinal tract. We shut off digestive responses. And then you shift that into today's society where a lot of individuals either were exposed to trauma earlier in life, physical, sexual, verbal abuse, neglect, uh, emotional traumas, things of that nature. Perfectionism. Perfectionism, <clears throat> big one. And then you have those traumas, you have those, those instances earlier in life, and then you have the high amounts of stress that a lot of individuals are under. And it's the societal component that we have to pay attention to with autoimmune disease becoming really an epidemic, metabolic disease becoming an epidemic. Because, yes, there's a dietary component, but there's this large, large, large stress component as well. And the new research is showing that not only is there leaky gut syndrome, but also when people are under stress, their cortisol goes up, and that is a major perpetuator of the leaky gut syndrome. They're even seen in athletes who actually stress themselves physiologically pretty dramatically, that their microbiome, their bacteria actually shift in their gut 
just because of the stress they're putting themselves through in order to exercise so hard. We're seeing associations with Sjogren's syndrome. Sjogren's is an autoimmune disease affecting the eyes. It's well documented that stress causes or can be a precipitating factor of that condition. And then when you're under this state of chronic fight or flight, chronic stress, you're waking up late, you're driving to work, you're late to work, you don't have time to eat, you don't eat all day, and then you go home at night and you're exhausted and you either drink or you eat too much, and then you can't fall asleep because you're watching TV late at night. It's this process that we need to pay attention to as Americans because we're finding that that is possibly the major factor that's breaking down the gut in the first place, then allowing the inflammation to come into the body, which then goes into the brain, which inflames the brain further, which perpetuates this whole cycle. And as Dr. Ruther was saying with the stress response, it's something called the HPA axis, hypothalamo-pituitary-adrenal axis. And that's why so many people in the alternative community say it's all the adrenals. The adrenals are the cause of these issues. The adrenals really aren't the cause. It's really your stress response in your brain that's the cause. And the reason I bring that up is because I do all the intakes and so many people come in and they go, I'm already taking adaptocrines. And my favorite thing to reply to that is, is for most of the patients who walk in our office, that's kind of like peeing on a forest fire. The adaptocrines are more made for like, like normal stresses, more like, like, like a daily stress, like maybe you're going through a stress because you're going through a, a, a trial or maybe you're buying a house and it's not going or whatever, you know, the stress is like that. But when this, yeah. but when this fight flight syndrome gets engaged, the brain is like it, like the on button is on in the brain and adaptocrines really aren't made to handle that. So a lot of the herbs and botanicals, if you're watching and they haven't worked, this, this was the distinction I was trying to make between the adrenals are the wrong target in a, a majority of chronic pain patients. So you've all seen, for those of you who are in the alternative, into alternative medicine, many, maybe, maybe many of you have already gone to alternative doctors and they've given you the adrenal stress index, which we kind of use, which we kind of use. As, as a piece of data, and then they give you stuff for that, and then maybe feel better for a couple of days, but but it but you don't, and then it comes back, and and so on and so forth, and 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 now it's okay. Now we're gonna do now we're gonna do DHA, and now we're gonna do progesterone, and so on and on and on and on and on. Where the real target is the brain itself. This is where the marriage of the functional neurology with the functional medicine really has given us a foothold in which we can consistently get changes in these stress responses to calm down the stress responses that are, and, and ultimately calm down as a part of calming down the gut and as a part of calming down immune responses. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And then when the stress hormones start rolling and cortisol is high and adrenaline is high, well, what does that do? That feeds back to your frontal lobes and your memory area, which are the principal areas of your brain that try to shut off the fear center. So it actually predisposes people more into anxiety-like states and that's why we were just talking about a, a psychologist that we know who teaches at, at the university here where I was discussing with him Friday night how, you know, trauma earlier in life, these stressors, it's a major predisposing factor for almost everything out there in terms of chronic disease. So whether it be irritable bowel syndrome, depression, anxiety, um, chronic fatigue syndrome, on and on and on. And then you can see how these anxiety states then perpetuate other hypercortisol states that break down the gut that then lead to this. An example. Now they're calling irritable bowel syndrome, irritable brain, syndrome. irritable brain syndrome. So you get in chronic stress or maybe you get a concussion 
So in concussions, they're saying that you, you, you get a gut problem like what in four to 12 weeks in a lot of cases. And mm-hmm. well, or it can in, happen in, instantaneously in, too. Or it can happen instantaneously. So brain function goes, gut function goes, or you get, or you're in chronic stress. And then that stress hormone, just like Dr. Gates said, breaks down your gut. And what's in your gut? 75% of your immune system. Mm-hmm. And then the findings that Dr. Gates just got done sharing with you. And now your immune system starts to dysfunction. So that, I think that's kind of like a brain. This is one example. This is one example of how uh, chronic stress responses can. I mean, they're going to probably find out way more from what we've seen. Way, way, will, more, yeah. way more connections. Probably it's going to take 10 years for this because everybody's so focused on the microbiome right now. Right. Relative to autoimmune disease. That's where all the practice right. is. But it's, it's like it's considered one of the causes of Hashimoto's. Yeah, I think we related that that yeah. it can be associated exactly. with that. So, is it would you would you say it causes pernicious anemia or or it kind of has a it can alter the microbiome it can alter the acid yeah, I would in say, there. I, I think there's a I lot of oblique things. I can't say that stress defensively causes every autoimmune disease. We can say that it is associated with Sjogren's, right? But the mounting research is showing that. We have all this information on the gut, and then if you have high stress hormones, it's going to break down your gut further. That's the basic exactly. premise. And so, exactly. whatever your genetics are, then you you're predisposed to that autoimmune disease in part because genetics. There are you go. That's completely going to say that you get celiac disease versus lupus. So, so again, it's, that, and, it's and that's what I'm saying. Like, like yeah. how many people? I, I I I you know I was fine, and then I got stressed, and I had rheumatoid arthritis, and then it's okay. Is there any in your family? Oh yeah. Yeah, my brother's got it, my mother's got it. So is that a trigger or is that a cause? I would more look at it as a trigger. Okay. And when we try in this series, we're trying to address this epidemic of autoimmune disease because why is it so common now? It used to not yeah. be so common. Is it, this read an article this morning, is it that we consume more gluten? So maybe when you were growing up, did you grow up with cereal? Oh, yeah. You grew up with cereal. Okay. Yeah. So one of the arguments is that, let's say going back to the early 1900s, they probably didn't have cereals that were readily available. Like they more had to cook their own foods. Right. But we they were probably like using like flour. Wheaties. We had Wheaties. You had Wheaties. The okay. The champions uh-huh. with the baseball player on it or whoever uh-huh. that season was. Yeah. yeah, we had that. And so with the advent of cereal grains, as they're termed, are we consuming more gluten? And is that the cause of autoimmune disease? Because now everybody associates gluten with, you know, damage to the intestinal barrier. Or is it that gluten changed? Is it all the antibiotics we take? Is it the vaccinations increasing in number? Is it stress? Or is it a confluence of these variables? It's probably a confluence because we know that the microbiome of a human can be passed from generation to generation too. So as a mother's microbiome shifts potentially due to all these changes we're talking about, then that changes their offspring. Two thirds of the population is susceptible basically for obesogenic bacteria. So hence, maybe that's why we're becoming more overweight in addition to these lifestyle and environmental factors. That's the whole thing in autoimmune disease. They talk about environmental factors. They, I but these environmental factors. Well, I think it's overemphasized part. in part in some areas. For example, like uh, they do studies on autoimmune disease and minors in Brazil. And they found that the minors have a higher incidence of autoimmune disease because literally they don't have... Um, the environmental and the occupational regulations that we have here in the United States. So they're probably exposed to more heavy chemicals than minors here. And that can predispose someone to autoimmune disease, but just to say somebody has heavy metals on a heavy metal test, which everybody does, doesn't mean that that's the environmental factor for your autoimmune disease. So they have to look at it in an individual context and be in a place where they produce results with autoimmune disease too. That's the other major factor for you as a patient out there because you, 
you can talk about all these theoretical mechanisms, but where does the rubber meet the road? That's important, as Dr. Rutherford said, we've kind of had an ongoing clinical trial here going for at least eight years. And so trying to constantly decipher what is the factor perpetuating that individual's problem is not easy. Yeah, but we have definitely seen stress set off autoimmunity in people who are compromised hosts, meaning they had a number of the things Dr. Gage just talked about, but most more importantly, maybe their mom had thyroid and, and maybe their aunt had rheumatoid and all those types of things. And we have seen stress trigger the autoimmune responses that were there, but the patient didn't know it. Right. So it gets even more confusing. But but does stress and trauma cause autoimmune disease? I mean, our, from our observation, the answer would definitely be yes in, in many patients. And the, now the literature is starting to come up with the specifics of which specific conditions. And I think it's going to end up being a lot. Right. And I'll say to be technical, we can't say that it does cause autoimmune disease. Right, right, right. But we wanted to use that topic to kind of open this discussion so many of you can start thinking about this. Right. I think we hammered it. I think. Yeah. I yeah. Think if, you, if, you, if, you, if you got an autoimmune disease and, and you connect it, it gets worse and flares up and goes down with stress, everybody's going to go, duh. But if you go back to like it was a major stress or you've been to alternative practitioners or you've taken your Xanax and your Prozac and all that because you're in chronic anxiety or, or from stress or chronic depression from stress or just stressed all the time. And it's not working, okay? It's because it's probably this fight-flight response that Dr. Gates is talking about. And, and, um, and so it's, it's just a good piece of data to have in your quiver for you to be further evaluating your world of autoimmunity and chronic pain as you sift through the internet because I assume you're doing that or you wouldn't be watching us. Mm -hmm. So uh, so just another piece of data for you. And we have a lot of, several of the topics Dr. Gates talked about, we have other presentations on, like for example, Dr. Gates talked about fight flight and, and microbiome and leaky gut and all that. So there's a number of other presentations if you want to access those. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So I, I do think that's, you know, encapsulates it. We go on on this subject for, hours. <laughs> mm -hmm. Try not to. So we won't. So too far into so, the diet track. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so that should be it for this week. Mm -hmm. and, and if you're, if you're enjoying this, then, then, you know, please don't miss next week. Next week is kind of a big, big deal in most people's uh, uh, journey to wellness. So, okay. That's it for this week. Thank you for watching again and uh, take care. episode. Thanks for tuning in. If you like what you hear, please leave a comment and subscribe. Thank you.